Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about the favor and blessing of God. We're continuing our series on the subject of grace and kind of using the book Why Grace Changes Everything as something of a general outline for us. And tonight I'll actually have several quotes from our book, but um, tonight's subject is to really talk about God's blessing and favor that he has in store for his children. And, uh, you know, that's that just that sounds like something that might be obvious to believers, but you'd be surprised uh, how many believers struggle with that truth, just that reality. God really, truly wants to bless you and he wants to pour favor upon your life. He really wants to pour his grace upon your life. And. Um, It's not new. It's actually something that uh, Christians wrestled with even in the early church. In fact, if you have your Bibles, please open them with me to Galatians chapter 3. We'll be turning there in a moment, uh, or I'll be catching up with you there. You go ahead and turn. But uh, I want to talk a little bit in introduction first. And the question is, how can we have the favor and blessing of God? I think we would all agree, oh yes, man, I want that, I need that, I desire that, I want God's blessing, I want His favor. How can I obtain uh, that kind of blessing in my own life? And there are a number of misguided ways, and again, a lot of times man's efforts, man's steps to try and obtain God's blessings end up being fruitless, end up being kind of a religious effort rather than a receiving of His grace. You know, I just did a little Google search on the blessings of God, and I found all kinds of sermon titles and book titles. Four keys that unlock God's blessing. Seven keys for recovering the blessings of God. Eight keys to a blessed life. Fifteen keys to unleashing God's blessing explosion. You know, as the number goes up, the blessing just gets bigger. You've got to learn these keys. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that some of these actually messages have some very, very worthwhile points. I'm only stating this to point out how often we we immediately think, okay, if we're going to receive God's blessings, there's got to be something I have to do. There's got to be some steps. There's got to be some keys. There's got to be some some things that I must do to obtain God's favor and blessing upon my life. We can't escape that mindset. It's just so ingrained in our thinking. And, and so I want, to, I want to kind of challenge that here tonight and let you know that really God's blessings are available to you not on the basis of anything that you can do other than to receive by faith what God has already done and wants to pour out upon your life. And man's ways will often lead to religion, <clears throat> religious pride. You may remember Jesus. He warned of the leaven of the Pharisees. What was the leaven of the Pharisees? What was the sin of the Pharisees? It was religious pride, which turned into hypocrisy. They imagined that by their own efforts, their own keeping of their own stringent code and law, that they were actually obtaining favor and right standing with God. And yet their hearts were evil. Their hearts were not in relationship with God. It just became this man's effort, this man's system. And it, and it caused them to be proud, and they looked at others kind of down upon others. At, you know, like, wow, you're not as spiritual as me. You don't know and keep all of these rules and regulations that I, that I do. And, and it becomes, even today, if we're not careful, 
a place of religious pride where we imagine that we can somehow obligate God to bless us through our own works. Or we try to obligate others to be like us because we imagine ourselves to be so spiritual. And this is a danger even in the church today. I want to put a quote up for you. Follow with me. As I said, I'll have a number of quotes from the book tonight. Uh, The book is Chuck Smith's book, Why Grace Changes Everything. And he wrestled as a young man with pride. And I, I found it interesting. He was very honest here. He said, you may think it's strange that someone so young would struggle with spiritual pride, but I did. I memorized scripture. I could recite the books of the Bible and spell them. I could quote entire chapters of God's Word. I never went to a show. I never smoked a cigarette. I never went to dances. The church I attended taught that all these things were sinful, so I avoided them religiously. I was trying to earn God's blessing, but I was never good enough. It never occurred to me to just ask God in simple faith. And so we must be careful. It's it's almost kind of instinct for us to try and churn up works to receive the blessing and favor of God. And as I said, it can become a point of pride. It can become a point of expectation. You now believe that God is obligated to bless you because you've been so good and you've done so well and you've been so careful. And it can also become a point of great frustration when God doesn't seem to appreciate your good efforts, your good works, all your hard trying. And yet God's blessings don't seem to be coming in the way that you'd hoped, in the way that you imagined. Surely now He will bless me in the way that I want. I fasted all week. I prayed twice today. I went to church every time the doors were opened. I, you know, I, I didn't this and I did that and my checklist is full. Surely now God will Bless me with those things that I'm hoping He will do for me. And we become very frustrated if those blessings don't come. We somehow imagine that God has let us down. And, and here's, what, here's the real kicker. We really get frustrated when God's blessings seem to come to others who we know don't deserve it nearly as much as we do. That really bothers us. This, this, this guy, he doesn't fast. He's not praying as much as I am. He missed missed Wednesday and he came in late on Sunday. And now he's got this blessing coming upon his life. God, it's not fair. And because we equate God's blessing with our own efforts. You know, I remember this wrestling with a lot of this even in in my own uh, Christian journey. Uh, a mindset that believes God's blessings are predicated on something we are or are not doing. I remember when I first uh, started kind of attending a Calvary Chapel-style ministry many years ago, and uh, I, I watched, now that I was kind of a part of this Calvary fellowship, I, start, I watched on television one of the Harvest Crusades. And I had come from, uh, I, I guess, I, I was still wrestling and struggling with this whole idea. I was still kind of a religious-minded person, kind of on a treadmill of works in my own faith. And I saw the Harvest Crusade, and it happened to be the youth night when they were inviting all the youth, and they had some of the younger bands and some of the real youth-oriented outreach. And it was down at Anaheim Stadium, and they had it televised. And, you know, they showed all these kids just jumping around during the music and, 
and blowing whistles and, and, and just, you know, having a good time. And I was just like, this, this can't be evangelism. This can't be the way to reach the culture. Look at these kids just kind of out there enjoying themselves. I was so offended by this. This is an evangelistic crusade. They all ought to be sat down and, and straightened out and settled down, you know. Whistles. <laughs> and it just it was just kind of a shock to my system. I just didn't I, I couldn't equate, you know, the work of God and, and, and the grace of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit with young people enjoying one another and uh, celebrating, you know, their, their faith and, and worshiping the Lord very expressively. And it just it was something that I really had to kind of Get over, just to be honest with you. The Lord kind of used little episodes like that along the way to kind of rock me a little bit. Like, wow, is that okay? Is that is that right? And I had to kind of pray through even and even get some, you know, talk to pastors about that. Like, you know, is this is this really appropriate? You know, because I had in my own mind this idea of what was right and, and appropriate and and uh, that somehow these things were just over the top. And, and I do believe that, that that kind of mindset is something that even now we must be careful of. And I do believe that as you get into that trap, you really the, the enemy will use it to really steal away the joy and the, the blessings that God has for you. And uh, I like, again, I'll quote from the book, as Chuck acknowledges, Oh, what I lost in those lean years because of a teaching that emphasized obedience to rules and codes. We receive the indwelling, filling, and empowering of the Holy Spirit by trusting and believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, not by keeping some external code. This is why I repeat this simple yet powerful message over and over, emphasizing God's grace, love, mercy, and goodness to us undeserving sinners. And it is a message that I don't believe we can overemphasize. To talk of God's grace, to talk of His love for you, to talk of how He longs to bless you and will bless you as you learn to walk in faith and loving relationship with Him. I don't think we can say it too much because our tendency is always to kind of drift back to kind of a religious concept of what we need to do and how we need to do it in order to keep God happy with us so that we will have the full blessings that he has for us. And uh, it's, it's something that we can look now to Galatians chapter 3 and see that even in the early church, this is something that the early Christians were wrestling with. And Paul, notice how he starts in verse 1, O foolish Galatians. He does not commend them for this kind of going back into a religious uh, system of works and, and law. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. An important question here. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? 
Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amazing passage, and Paul just kind of points out, once again, the obvious to this church in Galatia. Guys, you're wanting to go back and try to embrace the law again, wanting to get yourself back under a a religious code that somehow you believe will cause you to be more rightly related to God. And, and, And Paul is saying, the best thing that ever happened to you, the best thing that has ever occurred in your life is the receiving of the Holy Spirit. God has touched you. God has, you have become born again of the Spirit of God. God now lives on the inside of you. He says here that God has even performed miracles amongst you, transformations of life and power of God through the Holy Spirit. How did this come to you? Was it by some religious program that you were on? Or was it by simply believing the word that you heard by faith receiving what God had declared? You received the Holy Spirit, not by the works of the law, but by the hearing of faith. You heard the message, God loves you. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you, that your sins might be forgiven, that you might have relationship with Him, that you might walk in closeness, that He would come and live within you in the person of the Holy Spirit. You heard the message, you did nothing. You simply believed it, and it happened. The blessing of God came to you not by any work, not by any program, not by any, okay, go home and, you know, do this and say this and, and bow down this many times and then, you know, come back and we'll, we'll put certain oil and water on you and pretty soon you're going to get, you know, the blessing. None of that. No works, no, no outward set of code or conduct. Just, can you believe it? Do you believe that God loves you so? Do you believe that God has the grace and power and desire to bless your life? You began in the Spirit. Are you now going to be completed in the flesh? I mean, if the best thing that ever happened started by simply believing a word of truth and faith, do you think that now somehow it can, you can improve upon it? You're going to be perfected now by going back into a religious system of works? You began in the Spirit because you believed God's Word. And the only way that you will continue to grow and enjoy the fullness of what God has for you in the Spirit is by continuing to walk in faith, believing in a God that loves you, in a God that will bless you. And I have just a series of questions that I, I want to ask you tonight, and we'll take a look again at some quotes from the book, some passages. Question number one. Do you believe God wants to bless? Can you believe that tonight? Do you believe that God has any interest in blessing? Or is God just kind of, you know, like I used to think, just kind of up there 
tolerating us as best he can, hoping that, you know, some of us will get it together, you know, well enough to where he can kind of relate and condescend and, okay, what do you want, you know, but, oh, you know, you're such a mess and you're such a problem and what is it now? And, you know, this idea that God just is, you know, I mean, he's a holy, righteous God. Look at us. I mean, look around. You know, you again. Oh, gee. you know, what have you done this time? What have you gotten yourself into this time? And I always imagined that God was just kind of, you know, reluctantly but willingly tolerating me. And uh, do you believe that actually God, that's not God's posture at all? Do you believe that God is actually wanting to bless That God is looking for opportunities to bless? That God is in heaven thinking, how can I bless? His eyes roaming to and fro across the earth, looking to do what? To show himself strong, to bless those whose hearts are right toward him? Can you believe that tonight? Again, I I quote from, from our book, Once I began to understand the word... I saw that it wasn't my righteousness or ability to reach some plateau of holiness that makes me worthy of God's blessing. God blesses me when I simply trust Him for His blessings. The longer I live, the more I realize how undeserving and unworthy I am of God's touch. He wants to bless me not because I am good and holy and pure, but because that is His nature He enjoys blessing his children. And the longer you walk with the Lord, I think the more you come to realize how imperfect you are. I thank God for his grace in our lives. As the men's retreat theme was transformation. And there is a growing and a maturing and a transforming process that I believe God works into our lives, into our character. But I also have realized that the more I come to know God, the more I realize how wretched I am. You know, it's not like I got worse, but somehow God just became more. And as I began to see him more and more clearly and holy, I realized how far the gap is. And I realized, Lord, there's nothing good in me. Like Paul said, there's nothing good in my flesh. You, can't, you could never bless me because of anything that I could attain or do. If I'm going to enjoy any blessing from you, it's going to have to be because you want to bless, not because I can earn or deserve to be blessed. It's because He loves us. Ephesians 3. The Apostle Paul would pray this for the church in Ephesus. And it's my prayer for our hearts tonight that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Almost sounds like a, a, a sentence that's not been put together correctly, does it? To know the love of God which passes knowledge. I want you to know what can't be known. I want you to, to begin to see what is too big to see. That, that God, that God would, would give you a grace to comprehend it. How much He loves you. Does God want to bless? Yes. It is His nature. God is love. God is looking for opportunities to bless, to be good, to show favor. 
Does his love change by the way? Will he love you less tomorrow than he does today? Or will he love you more tomorrow than he does today? The love of God does not change. God loves you as much right now as he ever has loved you, and he will never love you any more or any less. His love is, as Paul said, the fullness of God. It is full. It is to the brim and overflowing. There's nothing that you can do in a a religious works to make him love you more. And there's nothing that you can do in way of sin and failure that can cause him to love you less. He loves you. He knows you're weak. He knows you're going to make mistakes. He knows you're going to miss the mark. He loves you. Not because of how well you're doing or not doing. He loves you because of who he is. You've got to begin to anchor your faith in him, not you. You will never be able to to sustain the faith that is needed to walk in a consistent relationship with him until it's anchored in the nature and character and person of God, not you. Do you believe that God wants to bless? You know, he died for us. He cleansed us of our sins so that that he can bless us. Do you believe he wants to bless? Second question, do you believe God wants to bless you? First question, do you believe that God wants to bless? Is he interested in blessing anybody? Yes, he's a God of love, a God of compassion. But now let's get a little more personal. Do you think he wants to bless you? I think he wants to bless others, but I don't think he really wants to bless me. And who can blame him? Look at me, you know. I can understand, God, why you don't want to bless me. And I can understand why you might be interested in blessing someone else. Because we imagine that, again, that somehow the God's blessing personally is related to how I'm doing or how I'm not doing, who I am, what I've done, what I haven't done. Can you believe tonight that God, not only does he want to bless, but he wants to bless you. You are on his mind tonight. You are of such importance to him. The scriptures declare it. The scriptures have revealed these things to us. This is not me up here pumping it up, pumping it up for you. This is me declaring what God has declared concerning you through his word, through the person of Jesus Christ, through the scriptures. You are on his mind. Jesus spoke of, you know, not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from God. The all-knowing, all-loving, all-seeing God knows even a sparrow And it's destiny. How much more you are worth, he said, more than many sparrows. God knows you. God loves you. Jesus said even the number of hairs upon your head are numbered. God knows what you have need of even before you ask it. God wants to bless. God wants to bless you. God wants you to walk in the fullness of his blessing. He wants you to walk in his favor. He wants you to walk in the light of his countenance. He wants you to walk in a joyous, peaceful relationship with Him every day. Remember Adam? They walked in the cool of the evening. 
Boy, I, you know, it wasn't very, it wasn't much cool today at the evening, but, you know, that idea of just the, the fellowship, that friendship, if you will. God wants you to walk in the fullness of his blessing. Again, I quote from, from our book, I, I know that such freewheeling grace. Oh, no, sorry, I'm, I got ahead. Stay with me. <laughs> Some of you may believe that God can't possibly bless you because you have failed him too much or because you are too weak or because you have done something terribly wrong. Perhaps you have a chronic problem with a vile temper or a wandering eye. You wonder, how can God bless me when I yell at my kids? How can God bless me when I am so rotten? How can God bless me when I am this or that? Your problem is that you are looking for a blessing on the basis of your own performance. You are trapped in the kind of thinking that says, when I become so good and so perfect, then he can bless me. You know, I don't know about you, but I've lived through those kinds of mental wrestlings. I found myself almost reluctant to believe it because I know myself too well. I want to believe that he would bless me. I want to believe that he wants to bless me, that he's looking to bless me. But but then I think about it for a little bit and I think, nah, probably not. Probably not. Because I don't really deserve it. How could he? I mean, again, look at ourselves. Look at our imperfections. Look at our shortcomings. I don't have to talk much. You know what they are, right? Just think of, think of just this week so far. It's only Wednesday. (laughs) Think of some of the things that have already happened that you've missed the mark. Thought life, attitudes, conversations, deeds, actions in the home, in the marriage, in the workplace, in your own private thoughts. There's plenty of reasons to disqualify us, isn't there, from from even considering that God would bless me. But the Word of God declares otherwise. The Word of God declares that not only does God want to bless, He wants to bless you. And that he has provided a way in Christ wherein you and I can receive the fullness of it. That you and I can walk in the complete overflowing blessing of God. Brings me to my next question for you tonight. Do you believe God will bless you? Maybe you can believe that he wants to bless. Maybe you can believe that he wants to bless even me. But do you believe that he will? I know he wants to now. I'm convinced he wants to, but I'm still just not sure that he ever really will. You kind of see how we we kind of so kind of almost resist opening our hearts up to the idea that God will truly bless us. Again, I quote, Pastor Chuck, I know that such freewheeling grace is almost an affront to us. The moment I say, oh Lord, lay a real blessing on me. I really want a fantastic blessing tonight. My mind objects. What do you mean asking God for a blessing? With what you were thinking this afternoon, how can you ask God to bless you? 
I like that phrase, freewheeling grace. It almost is the way it seems, isn't it? That God would bless us so unconditionally, so overwhelmingly. It almost seems too good to be true. Freewheeling. God's out of control with this grace. He's just, he's just gone over the top with this idea of wanting to bless. Slow, God, slow down. We, we don't deserve it. You've got to, wait a minute, well, let us earn a little bit of that. Let us contribute to the process here. Let me kind of get ready for it. God is wanting to bless, and God will bless you. And I, I would say that maybe this is somewhere where I, I still struggle. Even knowing these truths, I still have a hard time saying, God, just bless me. God, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on me in my life and my family and my ministry. Lord, bless me. Just to say it almost sounds presumptuous, doesn't it? Who are you? Wow, you're sure uppity about coming in and asking God to you know, bless you. And What have you done to earn that? What gives you the right to come in and start asking God to shower you with blessings? Nothing gives me the right but the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Nothing but what God has done for me in Christ. That's what gives me boldness. That's what gives me confidence. Can you say that? Can you voice that prayer tonight? God, bless me. God, I need your blessing. I need your love. I need your favor. I need your help. I need everything that you have for me. And I'm asking you to pour it out upon my life. Lord, if it's, if it's work that, you, that I need, Lord, open the door for work. My marriage needs help, Lord. Bless me in my marriage. Lord, our ministry, we're asking you to bless it, to grow it, to increase it. Not for us, but for your glory. Can you pray that? Can you ask those things? Can you say those things like that? You can. And again, as I like how Pastor Chuck says it, it sounds like so, you know, freewheeling grace. I like that term. Just, what are you, crazy? God's not going to just kind of, you know, throw it out there just because you're asking him for it. The truth is God already wants to do it. God is simply looking for faith to receive it. God wants to bless you. God wants to pour out those blessings. It feels maybe at times so presumptuous to ask God. But I'm asking tonight that you would take the step of faith and ask him for a blessing. Ask him to overwhelm you with his love, with his goodness. And the truth is, and this is my last question for you tonight, do you believe that God has blessed you? See, here's the spiritual reality. God has already done it. We're asking God to kind of do something as if we we need Him to do it, but in reality, we're simply receiving what God has already provided. I heard the doorbell ring this, this afternoon, and it was too hot to open the door. I didn't even want to go down and open it. I was kind of preparing the study here, and I thought, well, I don't know who's out in this heat, but they don't. I'm not good. I don't need to talk to them. <laughs> and I realized I kind of looked out the window, and I and I saw the UPS truck, you know, and it was just, he he just dropped the package and rang the doorbell, and off he went. And and I was just thinking about that today as I was kind of now getting to ready to come to the fellowship tonight and and walking past this package. Oh. 
It's there. It's already been delivered. It's already been, it's already at my front door. I don't know what it is yet. I, I'm, I hope it's a blessing. I'm, I'm trusting it's something good, something we need, something we've ordered. But, you know, I don't know what it is, but there it is. All I have to do really is open the door and open the package. It's already been provided. It's already been delivered. It's already at my door. And I feel this way about the blessings of God in our lives. God is already blessed. God has already provided everything that you and I need pertaining to life and godliness. Isn't that what Paul said in Ephesians 1 and verse 3? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who what? Can you read that with me? Who what? Has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Who is going to bless us, who will bless us, who is going to soon bless us, who has blessed us. You see, God has already worked the blessing. It's already made it available. When Jesus was at the cross, he said, it is finished. You are now in the beloved. You are now in Christ. All of the blessings of Christ are yours. All of the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. In Christ, you are already rich. You already have an inheritance stored up and waiting for you. It cannot be lost. It cannot be squandered. It's there. It's yours. You already have the fullness of God's purpose and plans available to your life. I like what Peter said in 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God's already given it to you. God has already gifted you. He's already graced you. He's already blessed you. And now it is simply serve in it, walk in it, enjoy it, enjoy the fullness of it. Be a good steward of what God has blessed you with. All of us have been given this blessing. All of us have, have that God has provided these things for you. And again, they are provided for you not on the basis of what you have done, nor on the basis of what you will eventually do, but because of what he has done. I'm going to ask uh, the worship team to come. I I want to close with some worship, and I want to close with some time of prayer. So, um, as the worship team is coming, let me just kind of share a little bit of what's on my heart here tonight to pray for. I want to pray for those here tonight that are struggling, maybe, as I shared, even some of my own struggling over the years, and even even still, I still wrestle at times with these ideas that I'm being maybe a little too presumptuous to ask God for His fullness and for His blessing. But if you're here tonight, and maybe that describes where you are, you're struggling You're struggling receiving by faith the blessings of God. In your heart, you're imagining that, number one, I I don't deserve them. Or number two, I I want to receive them, but I kind of need to get myself together. There's a few things I need to do, a few things I need to straighten out. I I need to kind of get, get myself on track. Then I think God will be ready to kind of bless me. If you're wrestling through this kind of mindset, I'm telling you the devil is using it to rip you off. 
The enemy is going to keep you in that place and you're never going to be opening up your heart by faith to receive the blessing because you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to put a good enough week together. You're never going to make it all happen just so to where now you can come and believe that God would bless you. If it's based on your own performance, if it's based on your own effort, you're never going to arrive at any kind of consistency in your walk and joy and peace with the Lord. If you're here tonight and maybe you're wrestling with that, I want to pray for you. I want you to dare to believe with me, to presume on God tonight, to ask Him to pour out a big, fat blessing that you do not deserve, that you do not have not earned, but you believe that God, who is so good, and who is so loving, and who is so merciful, and who is so kind, and is so gracious, that He, that you could dare to believe that He would give you that tonight, just because He loves you, just because of who He is, and that you would allow Him to do that. You would allow your heart to open up for that tonight. That you would allow yourself that window of hope. Could it be? God, is it possible? Could I really allow you to to put that kind of hope in my heart again? Maybe you're living in despair. Maybe you're living under a shadow of doubt and fear, guilt, shame. You're wondering if God even loves you, let alone would bless you this way. What is it that you need tonight? Let's look to Him. Do you need Do you need a touch physically? Let's look to the Lord. Do you need strength to endure a trial? Let's pray and ask God to bless. Do you need work? Is it financial pressure and struggle? Let's look to the God who is our provider, to the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the God who has everything at His beck and command, the God who commands the dawn, the morning, the universe, who measures the stars in the universe by the span of His hand and calls the stars by name. That God loves you and wants to bless you. This is not some wealthy you know, uh, father or some rich uncle. This is God Almighty. <laughs> who has it all and wants to bless you. He wants you to know His love tonight. He wants you to sense His grace upon your heart tonight. Let Him shower you. Let Him pour it out on you tonight. As we sing this song of worship, if that's you, if you're in that place where you're just needing that and and really struggling with the faith to receive it, As we worship tonight with this song, I'm just going to ask you to come and join me here at the front. Let's all stand now and let's enjoy this song of worship. And those that need and want this prayer, you come and join me here. And we're going to pray, God, open up the windows of heaven and pour out that kind of blessing on your life. Anyone else you need this prayer, you want to join us here now. Just come on forward if you're... Those that are here, let's as a congregation, let's just join in prayer, reach out our hands towards those that have come. 
Let's pray. Jesus. Father, I want to pray for these hearts that have come forward tonight. These that would acknowledge that that they are wrestling with the faith to believe that you love them so much that you truly want to pour out and will and have poured out blessing upon their lives. And so tonight I would ask God that you would speak to them. That, that they would hear, not from me, but from the Holy Spirit, this word of love and grace. That you would speak to their hearts, Lord. And that they would hear you tonight. Listen, He knows. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your shortcomings. He knows your failings. But He loves you. And His mercy, His mercy, His mercy and His grace are sufficient. And so tonight, Lord, let these hearts first receive the forgiveness and the cleansing. that only you can provide because of Jesus Christ and his death upon the cross. Jesus said it is finished, and it is. It's done. Your sins and your iniquities, he remembers no more tonight. As you come before him, you come before him in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He's looking at you right now, and he sees the righteousness of Christ because you are in Christ. Your life is hidden in Him. And it's on that basis tonight, Lord, that we come with boldness and confidence and we ask for Your blessings. We ask for Your help. We ask for the miracles. We ask, Lord, for a touch of healing. We ask for the working in a financial miracle, Lord. We ask for new doors of opportunity to be opened. We ask for the strength to go through this trial. We ask, God, for the grace to to restore and recover the family and, and the marriage. We ask for these things because we need them and only you can help us, Lord. But we believe that you love us and that you want to bless. And so we receive it tonight. Not because we deserve it, not because we can in any way ever earn it, but because we believe that you love us so. And so we receive it by faith, Lord. Pour it out, Lord. Open up those windows of heaven. Pour out blessing. Press down, shaken together, overflowing, God. Fill us to abundance tonight with your grace, with your love, with your mercy, with your comfort, with your strength. Oh, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us so. Thank you for coming and saving. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for cleansing me of my unrighteous deeds. Wash me afresh and anew, and now fill me with your Spirit and the fullness of your blessing. 
We look to you in faith tonight and receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.